Hello everybody, welcome back for another video. Hope you're all having a great day and that you're all doing well. Some very interesting things going on in the cryptocurrency space. And without further ado, let's jump right into it. The steep decline in Bitcoin price has coincided with record volume of the recently launched Bitcoin ETP on the sixth Swiss stock exchange, suggesting that institutional investors are or may be buying the dip. Early in November, Bitcoin is reported that a Bitcoin exchange traded product or an ETP with the HODL ticker offered by Amon Crypto was about to begin trading on Switzerland's sixth exchange. The ETP represents a fully collateralized and non-interest paying bearer debt security, which is issued as a security and traded and redeemed in the same structure. Bitcoin comprises the largest share. Bitcoin is 48% of the um, ETP. XRP is 30%. Ethereum is 17% and smaller shares of Bitcoin Cash and Litecoin, I guess, round out the last bit of it. There is a notable difference between an ETP and an ETF, however. The former is not subjected to the Collective Investment Schemes Act, or CISA, and is therefore not supervised by FINMA. The HODL ETP is underlined by an index comprised of four major cryptocurrencies. We went over that already. It says, interestingly enough, last Thursday and Friday, the ETP saw record trading volumes with 53,000 shares and 62,000 shares traded respectively. This is a serious increase from one month ago uh, with the average volume that saw around 20,000 shares traded per day and coincides with a steep decline in Bitcoin price at the end of last week. According to Su Tzu, who is the CEO at FX Hedge Fund, he said the correlation between volume and prices continued to be very strong at minus 68%. Here's the actual tweet gonna scroll by that sewell notes that there is a negative correlation between price and volumes observed with the hodl etp in other words the etp's trading volume increases as btp prices dips and decreases as prices rises as observed in the chart below without going much further uh we have a very interesting situation and this all is tying together almost Almost perfectly. It's, it's kind of it's kind of interesting how it's all happening. Uh, people, I told you guys before in many other videos, there are a lot of people. Uh, we may go over cryptocurrencies or talk about the crypto news uh, maybe once or twice a day, depending on the situation. There are people who are obsessed with this and they go over every single chart around the world trying to figure out exactly if there's any type of correlation, who's buying, who's selling, who's touching what wallet, who's doing this with what, how is this happening, when is this going there? And people are seeing, and this ties also into the other video that we were talking about Grayscale, um, as the prices have continued to go down, more people are continuing to buy. And every single time that Bitcoin actually has a bit of a, a spike up in price or the rest of the crypto market does, um, buying doesn't stop, but it slows down dramatically. It seems that the largest players in the game, the people who already own the most cryptocurrencies, they're not stopping anytime soon. And they are trying or are, I guess, in some way succeeding uh, to just simply wait it out, to wait for the prices to uh, go back down. And then they end up buying up as much as they can. And I guess any type of influx in money causes the, you know, when we had sometimes yesterday, it was like, a, I think like a 4% increase in Bitcoin's price and everyone got really excited. That has not 100% dissipated, uh, but it's not as strong as it was yesterday. And it's very interesting to see the, the direct correlation between institutions um, who are making sure to buy whenever prices go down even a tiny bit. They've been buying the entire way down. Uh, I just thought that was, at least for me, kind of interesting uh, because usually <clears throat> kind of the way that I um, absorb the data is that whenever we get news like this, it's typically about like one major 
conglomerate exchange, something like it's usually one entity that's happening. Um, but I always want the larger picture. And I wish there was always news at the exact same time from the other 45 institutions who are also in this, because I can only imagine if you have a, a fund pretty much where people are buying as prices are going down, I can only imagine what's happening on the other side of things, especially if you think about it realistically, like the New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ logically, um, are probably going to also want to hold a huge amount of cryptocurrency as well to be able to collateralize, to back up the things that they are launching as products. So I'm sure they're doing the exact same thing, or they could just simply be buying over the counter in like $5 million spurts every single day. Anyway, um, I'm still excited, and I know it sounds kind of weird. I'm excited for like two years from now because we always end up getting data from a situation that happened like about two years before. So now in 2018, you've seen that we've, we've been getting a lot of uh, people looking through the charts at like 2015 and early 2016 and the middle of 2017 to kind of go over uh, everything that's been happening. And I can only imagine the stuff that we're going to see two or three years from now about the 2018 as prices are go as prices have gone down the entirety of the year. Uh, just how many institutions have been buying and when we kind of line all the data up and we see that no matter how low prices went, uh, the wallets of the other, whatever you want to call them out there, only continue to rise. That's just some interesting part of kind of how I see things. Anyway, let's move on. Next up, the Financial Ash <laughs> Ashen, the Financial Action Task Force or the FATF. Reveal that crypto exchanges operating in the United Kingdom pose low money laundering, or ML, and terrorist financing, or TF, risks. The Global Standard Center for MLTF published a report to evaluate the overall effects that the UK has put in commenting money-related illegal activities, as the study touched on various topics including corporate transparency and economic sanctions. It also explored how the country was faring in a relatively new crypto space. FATF observed that the UK authorities were aware of the risks associated with the growth of new payment technologies like Bitcoin and confirmed that they were taking proper measures to mitigate its use among launderers and terrorist experts. Excerpts, they said, <laughs> and I quote, The UK acknowledges the inherent vulnerabilities associated with the anonymity of VCs, that's virtual currencies, and while the risk of MLTF in this area assessed is low, the UK acknowledges that there are intelligence gaps and VCs are being used in illicit activity, particularly in online marketplaces for the sale and purchase of illicit goods or services. As a result, the UK intends to regulate virtual currencies, exchanges, providers under its implementation of the EU's fifth anti-money laundering directive. The Global Watchdog awarded its highest ranking to the UK for effectively managing. That's not really that important. It said, however, uh, there is no requirement on FIs to assess the risks of new products and business products and delivery mechanisms. Although this is not covered in non-binding uh, guidance, uh, pretty much to sum it up, uh, multiple countries around the world right now, depending on where you live, um, have either done so or are doing so right now where they are releasing some type of a report uh, where they say or they are talking about the actual risks of cryptocurrencies being involved in what they call illegal activities. That is illegal, not legal activities. Um, and pretty much if they are a threat either to the country, to the economy of the country, or to uh, people who are in the space when it comes to like money laundering and or financing other things that the country does not want to happen. Uh, and I think we've had it from multiple other countries. I don't think that in an official statement has come up from the US yet. Uh, this seems to be the one from the United Kingdom. We've had it from multiple other countries. They all tend to follow the exact same thing. 
uh, that while it does or can potentially happen, people can use cryptocurrencies for illicit activities. It is typically not the case, as um, it was noted before. In the U.S., there was something that happened around the summertime, maybe the end of summer, where some agency <clears throat> reported, excuse me, reported that, uh, oh gosh, completely lost my train of thought. Uh, right. Oh, it was the agency who was saying that they actually uh, don't mind people using Bitcoin. They actually want them to use Bitcoin because Bitcoin transactions can be traced. And therefore, they do not see it as a threat, especially if they can trace it, they know exactly or more or less can figure out if they want to exactly where it's going. Uh, you know, it's not the simplest thing in the entire world, but if they wanted to, they can definitely dig a bit deeper to see who is uh, transacting in something. Anyway, the point is, uh, this is the information from the Financial Action Task Force in the United Kingdom. Uh, and it is nice to know that they're all coming to the exact same conclusion. We have other countries in the world who have um, announced that cryptocurrencies are dangerous, are illegal, uh, should not be used. I don't have a list of the countries that have banned cryptocurrencies. I'd like to not uh, even mention their names simply because I've. it's, it's kind of weird. Uh, usually the countries who have banned cryptocurrencies... Um, in the nicest way of saying it, usually aren't financially relevant. So it's not usually worth mentioning them. Anyway, uh, this is pretty good news, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, we have the, the the general sentiment that they all plan on uh, regulating cryptocurrency exchanges. That's something that's going to happen regardless if we wanted to or not. Uh, but it's nice to hear that they understand now that people uh, inside of crypto aren't just criminals throwing around uh, digital money at each other. Let's move on. Uh, so this uh, is a <laughs> this is interesting, and I'll go over why, and then I'll give you a story. It's going to be uh, something interesting as well. <laughs> Andreas Antonopoulos, the author of Mastering Bitcoin and a Bitcoin proponent, spoke about Bitcoin as a digital currency and whether it would be limited to just being that in his latest Q&A session on YouTube. The author was asked about the possibility of Bitcoin becoming the world's reserve currency, a digital gold, and whether other currencies, cryptocurrencies, would be used as a day-to-day -day currency. He said, and I quote, he said, I don't know. I think it would surprise me actually if Bitcoin could only fit into the niche of digital gold. Bitcoin has characteristics of divisibility and transportability that make it much more flexible than digital gold, end quote. Antonopoulos stated that gold is not a good medium of exchange because of the difficulty related to verifying it, whether it is real. He also stated that the store value is heavy to carry, adding that more um, that the more one tries to make it fungible and divides it into smaller pieces, the harder it gets to verify its authenticity. According to him, verifying gold in large amounts, which are stamped by reputable third parties, is easier. He said, then the cost of storing and securing gold is so high that it become better done in custodial manner. Not that important. You kind of get the gist of it. Um, I it's 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 funny how life works. I found this article a couple of hours after I was uh, trying to do something um, on my online bank. Just giving you a little uh, hint of the uh, first world problems that I have in my life. I was trying to uh, transfer. Just I'm whatever. I'll let you guys know. I was trying to transfer money from one bank account to another because my I got an alert that my accounts i had like almost no money inside of it and i was about to overdraft so i was like okay let me transfer a couple bucks to the other one just so i don't go into overdraft it was probably the most frustrating thing that i've ever had to do in my entire life uh i couldn't find a way to deposit money into my bank account 
there was no option. I couldn't see my 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 bank account number. There was there was no option. The only options that I had was to send money to someone else or to download an app so that I could put money onto that app and therefore then send that to my account, which still made no sense because I was trying to get money from a, my second account into my first account. And uh, it took about 45 minutes. No luck. Didn't happen. I had to uh, contact a family member. <laughs> That's kind of the easiest way of saying it. Long story, uh, very long story short, because it went on for 45 minutes. Um, I realized in that moment the the importance of cryptocurrency. If I wasn't a believer before, it was that moment that made me really understand how slow the banking system is. For those uh, who are unaware, who are very new here, I like the uh, the XRP token, and this this isn't even an XRP conversation. Uh, when I talk, I mean. The banking system as we have it right now needs to be upgraded. This is why I am for the XRP token. But in general, let's let's go completely on cryptocurrencies. I think they're so important that people don't even begin to understand just how difficult some things are. Um, this is uh, this part of the conversation is not financial advice. This is not me telling you to go out there and buy as much cryptocurrency as possible because it is divisible. Uh, but I saw this article almost immediately after I was done trying to transfer money and I was like, it's really interesting how, uh, how life ends up working out. Like you find, uh, kind of what you're looking for, even when you're not looking for it. Um, I was and have been a, a big believer in cryptocurrencies for quite some time. I think as time goes on, I only become a stronger believer, but what happened to me last night just was incredibly frustrating. Um, and the, the idea or rather I used to be into the idea of gold and silver, but I, as soon as I figured out what cryptocurrencies were. I guess I kind of left the old metals behind. Uh, we need systems like this. This is very important, uh, whether it be just for us in our, uh, depending on where you're listening from, uh, in our world. Uh, but there are also other places in the world where this is going to be beyond revolutionary. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this topic, but I just thought I'd touch on this because truer words were never spoken when it comes to like being divisible and being able to send stuff back and forth. I, I sat there thinking like by the end of the 45 minute, uh, stunt and I was like how easy it would have been if I had just had to copy and paste a, a Bitcoin address and then send them Bitcoin there. It would have taken seconds and I could have gone on with my day instead of 45 minutes trying to figure out why I couldn't send myself money from an outside bank and I would have to have downloaded an app just to send money to myself once again. Life, huh? All right, let's move on. Next up, Cardano is in the news. IOHK, otherwise known as Input Output Hong Kong, the blockchain research and development company, announced two new tools for writing smart contracts for the Cardano blockchain. Plutus and Marlowe. Marlowe? have now been launched in test format. These powerful tools will enable startups, the financial services, and fintech industries and academia to prepare blockchain contracts that will run on Cardano. Plutus provides a general purpose programming language and tools for Cardano. IOHK scientists and engineers have combined the discipline of the Haskell functioning language with Cardano to create a platform for fintech developers to write secure and robust smart contracts. IOHK has provided an easy-to-use exploratory development and testing environment for Plutus contracts based on a novel blockchain emulator called Plutus Playground. These contracts are ready to be deployed to the blockchain itself. For non-programmers, Marlowe is a simple way to generate code and create software products. It's an easy-to-use tool that enables professionals in the finance industry who have no programming background to build automated financial contracts on the blockchain. Marlowe comes with its own web 
based test bed called Meadow. That's amazing. Uh, it's nice to hear that there are cryptocurrency projects that are constantly in the news every single day, even though prices have been going down. It's been a bit... Um, I was talking to my friend yesterday. Hello out there. I assume he's listening. Hello. Uh, this is another friend, not the other friend I'm usually talking about. This is... I, I have multiple friends, I promise. Uh, this is... Um, he was asking me um, for, for um, podcast recommendations, and it's really weird because over the last couple of weeks, weeks even, as uh, prices have continuously gone down, uh, the amount of people who are actually continuing with their podcasts have almost dried up. It's very, very weird. I guess it's just a... Uh, just showing, you know, when the market goes down, everyone, I guess, loses interest or thinks that other people are losing interest. I don't really know exactly what you would really even call it. It's nice to hear. I mean, Cardano's price has been completely battered. If you were there a couple of videos ago, we were talking about, I think Cardano's price is down like 98 or 99% from where it was before. It's nice to hear that the team themselves still believes in the in the project and that they're actively making sure that they're updating and doing stuff like this, like especially creating new tools for smart contracts to be launched onto their platform. Um, I'm still interested in seeing exactly how Cardano is going to perform. Uh, side note, not financial advice. I still think Cardano is incredibly undervalued right now. Like I think it's actually kind of weird how low that the price is. Uh, the way that I kind of uh, gauge things when it comes to cryptocurrencies and future prices, um, I see, or rather I look to make sure that I get back to the price where I was before. So I think Cardano's at three cents right now. It's believable, or one could assume, that we will definitely get back to a dollar and 20 cents where we were before at the last hype run. And since prices have been going down, the Cardano platform has only been upgraded like every month or something like that. There's always something brand new that's being launched on top of the blockchain. Especially with new, uh, I can only assume that these are more simplified tools. I assume that they're not more difficult than the last ones. Uh, to be able to build things on top of the Cardano blockchain, uh, I think there's a huge and enormous amount of growth in what Cardano is. And especially, I don't have the thing over here. Uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday, uh, Charles Hoskinson, who is the head if you want to call it that, of Cardano had another, um, like an AMA, like an ask me anything type thing going on. And it's nice to see that they're all completely bullish. It's nice to also hear that they haven't uh, run out of funding or aren't low on funding. It's nice that they're actually managing their funds. I hope that definitely continues. Um, I like the Cardano blockchain. I hope or I'm fairly certain that Cardano will do relatively well in the blockchain space. Um, I feel like other coins may have like a leg up on them. It, it could just be because they're a bit older. Uh, I think in, in about a year, Cardano is going to or could be. I don't know. I'm not psychic, whatever. Um, I think Cardano could be incredibly big. And I have a inkling that if they continue with everything that they've been doing and, and continue with the, the updates and stuff like that and actually are, just throwing this out there, actually scalable as far as they say that they are capable of being so, I think Cardano would definitely solidify its place in the top 10 spot. Uh, we have about a year and a half to go, and that's like kind of like the the time that everyone's kind of giving it. Um, there were other, um, what, what was it? A couple of months ago, we had news from like a venture capitalist, or actually mo multiple of them, and they said that when they trade the market or when they're buying into the market, this is why you kind of see that the other, where was it? The the ETP that was over here, they bought into like the largest coins, and then they had like Bitcoin Cash and Litecoin as like the other, like the runoff, if you kind of want to call it that, but other firms who are investing in the top 10 coins. They said that they're looking very heavily at what stays in the top 10 and how long that it kind of like solidifies itself there. So just a side note, if they can kind of uh, make sure that they stay in the top 10 and also as the market is building itself up, kind of remain there, uh, I think Cardano will then start to be incorporated into other funds with people buying them 
uh, to pretty much bet on the future of the of the project. Didn't mean to spend that much time on Cardano, uh, but I like the project and I like where they are going. Next up, IOTA is in the news. IOTA Foundation recently announced that it is launching a new team known as Omega. The team will be focusing on the long-term goals of the organization. IOTA got inspiration from the bimodal IT, a concept that is becoming increasingly popular in the traditional industry. The concept of splitting a department into two parts. One department will be looking after the support and maintenance of the system, while the other team will be focusing on innovation and expansion. IOTA wrote on the official blog post, um, they said, as the entire IOTA Foundation is tasked with ongoing innovation, we must approach this problem in a slightly different way. The two separate teams for IOTA are going to be called Alpha and Omega. I guess that's kind of obvious. The Team Alpha is currently looking into cloud services or the current internet, while Team Omega is working on fog services and edge computing, the Internet of Things vision of the foundation. The Team Omega will be focusing on the long-term goals of the foundation, which will include five important work streams. ICT, an agent controlled by IOTAs, paid by its owner for performing services built on top of the IOTA network. Cubic, which is a protocol specifying IOTA's solution. Oh my gosh, these words. Uh, the ICSI interface aiming to extend the functionality of IOTA protocol in a modular way. The new Omega team will also be looking after different tools being used for projects, the ICT to Android porting, and also implementation of the network-bound proof-of-work prototype. All right, without reading any further, because uh, I got a little confused. Uh, very good to hear. So, first of all, um, and I really mean it, like, clap for IOTA. The fact that they're in the news every single day shows dedication. They've had, a, a I want to say, a, a bumpy, bumpy-ish road in the very beginning, for those who weren't here at the very beginning of when IOTA started uh, sprouting its legs, that's a weird way of saying that, uh, when it kind of came to be, a lot of people were tearing the project apart, myself included, uh, simply because there was a lot of uh, people were finding like uh, wrongdoings in the code and people were saying that it just didn't work. Uh, a lot of that talk has seemingly dissipated. I'm not sure if it's because the IOTA team has been adamant in what they're doing and have been um, doing updates and upgrades and have uh, let other people in the system know that they are actually real. For those who don't know, whenever a new cryptocurrency project comes out, they're always called fake. They're always called this. They're, they're, people always try and sling mud as best they can. When Ethereum first came out, when Ethereum first came out, people called it a scam. People said it was fake. Why is this existing? We only need... Bitcoin, uh, Litecoin kind of got something similar. It, it was like a bit of a runoff. Like, anyway, uh, the point is whenever new coins come out, people always tend to, like, people, I'm sure you've heard it around. I'm sure you've read it somewhere. People say that XRP is a scam. People say that IOTA is a scam. People say that EOS is a scam. Uh, people say that Stellar, I'm, I'm actually surprised that people are now calling out Stellar. People are now um, saying that Stellar could be a security. Throwing my hands up. Wow, that's absolutely crazy. Um, it's nice to hear that they're still at it, still doing work. Um, yeah, I, I'm i not, not a, a major fan of IOTA. I think they're a very good coin. I told you guys before, I only have so much money. I can't continuously invest in multiple coins. You, I, you should all know which coins I invest in by now. I've said it on a couple of videos. Um, but yeah, it's nice to hear that the IOTA team is still moving forward. I will definitely continue to put news like this inside of videos because I know that there are a lot of people out there who do have IOTA, who do like IOTA, who do believe in the IOTA team and the Tangle. Um, I'm, I'm just excited to kind of see how it's going to do when the market actually ends up going back up again. I don't remember the 
the the the all-time high for the iota token but i know it like uh was actually something pretty nice anyway uh that's the iota news for today they have now an alpha and omega team and let's move on uh so here is probably the most interesting part of uh the day where is it it says it's no secret that 2018 has been a tough 12 months for cryptocurrencies with Bitcoin falling over 80% and most altcoins dropping 90 or so percent. Uh, they talk about the prices going down, so and so and so. It says, though the current drops have led the general market sentiment to hit all-time low, Chris Berniski, I'm going to say, yeah, Chris Berniski, a companion of the New York-based enterprise capital agency called Placeholder, provided an extra opportunistic view of the present market in a current medium submit, submit <laughs> titled Bitcoin and Ethereum, Costs are down greater than the fundamentals. Initially, Berniski outlined his phrases and defined to readers that for him, the basis of cryptocurrencies are outlined by the well-being of their supply-siders and demand-siders. In his phrases, supply-siders are the oldsters who provide provision. The Okay, that's not really that important. Uh, moreover, Berniski claims that community worth, which is discovered by multiplying the worth per unit up by the variety of excellent models, is the time period he'll use to uh, indicate the combination worth the market is putting on a selected... This is all going to make sense, I promise you, I promise you. A selected crypto market. Whereas evaluating the crypto community exercise to be worth of each Bitcoin and Ethereum, an attention-grabbing pattern may be discovered. Community values are down considerably greater than the everyday variety of transactions. Uh, so he says, and I quote, Bitcoin is at present processing 250,000 transactions per day. In Ethereum, half a million transactions per day. That's a that's a clear divergence. The place community worth has continued to slip over the past few months. However, the variety of each day transactions is secure to ticking up. From peak, Bitcoin and Ethereum's community values are down 81% and 93% respectively, whereas everyday variety of transactions are solely down 41 to 52%. The point that he's trying to make, I don't actually have the the entirety of the article open here, as you can see. It only has like quotes and stuff like that. Um, I've been reading something very interesting the last couple of days, and I I don't know. I feel like people are trying to let other people know in the market, like, hey, there's a there's an issue here. It's time, it's time to start buying, not financial advice. Uh, what the articles are talking about, and they're multiple across multiple platforms. It's not just this one guy uh, copy and pasting his stuff. They're saying that the the fundamentals of the cryptocurrencies, uh, if, even if we just focus on Bitcoin and Ethereum at this moment, um, have not changed. A lot of people are saying that we shouldn't, this is just what they're saying, that we should not have gone down below 6,000. That 6,000 was actually you know, the, the 50, the 5,600, 6,200 area that we were before is exactly where we should have stayed for Bitcoin. That the reason that the prices have gone down is simply, be, simply only because of the Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin Cash SV split. Um, the fundamentals of, of the cryptocurrencies has not changed. Their networks have not gotten uh, slower than they were before. Like Nothing detrimental has happened to them. And at the moment, it appears that both Bitcoin and Ethereum are hor horribly oversold, um, i.e. Uh, people have been selling too much of them and the prices are a lot lower than they actually should be at the moment. And I noticed this a couple of days ago, and I usually when you see articles like this, you're like, Okay, yeah, you know, that's kind of cool. And then when people start like actually sh talking about it more and more and people are realizing the exact same thing, um, this is why you may have noticed that the last couple of days as well, we've had um, news of people talking about, um, where is it? Over here. If Bitcoin, I think if Bitcoin goes above the $3,600 mark, 
uh, then things are looking pretty good. This is why, uh, first of all, we're in another one of those uh, sideways triangle things right now. But the general sentiment is, um, and this may be why we see a lot more news about like an uptick in institution or rather like an uptick in news about institutions who are buying into the market because the prices are down. This could be an indication that there's a heavier buying going on at this very moment because their their charts and their fundamentals also show them, hey, this is definitely um, a lot lower than it could be. This is probably the time that we should get into the market, not financial advice. And um, yeah, I just thought I'd, uh, I guess, maybe touch on that information a tiny bit because I've been seeing this a lot the last couple of days and it hasn't just been like one or two articles. It's been like multiple across multiple platforms. Um, I will definitely, obviously, continue to cover this. Uh, should we have more information about exactly how oversold the market is? Um, we've had news about this for quite some time. Uh, people kept on saying, even when we were at the you know the 56, whatever, 6,200 mark, everyone kept on saying that this was the bottom. We weren't going to go any lower. And this is when we were getting those price predictions for a 60000 to $120,000 Bitcoin, simply because uh, whenever Bitcoin does tend to have a nice streak, it tends to do a, a a nice 10x or 20x in price, and this is where we get those 60k or 120k Bitcoin. But as of right now, we still have people calling, even at the current prices, that we could still see a a 20x potentially, maybe. Don't know. Could be possible. Um, at the moment, cryptocurrency prices aren't doing too bad. I think a couple of hours ago, maybe even yesterday, XRP was at 31 cents. It's a tiny bit down. Not too much. I think none of the coins are doing. Uh, particularly bad at the moment i think everyone and, and it's, it's really weird how the world works as well because you can feel that collectively at least in my head eyes space everybody wants the prices to go up and i think it's kind of like a weird game of chicken i think everyone's kind of waiting to see who's going to end up buying into the market first at, at a certain point uh the the prices will get low enough that people will begin to panic and say okay like this is definitely too low other people are definitely going to start buying into it i think at this point um oversold is kind of an understatement i think prices are a lot lower than they probably ever should have been uh it kind of is what it is i can't really say too much more like you guys know exactly what's been happening with the prices uh nothing too detrimental yet or so far as of late let's hope that the prices end up getting it together um i don't think that they need to go any lower that <laughs> i mean i'm also trying to make money but uh yeah anyway I think that's definitely going to do it for this video. Hope you all enjoyed. Hope you all are having a great day, a great morning, a great afternoon, a great evening. Yeah, wherever you are, wherever you might be, I hope it's absolutely fantastic. Thank you once again for watching and or listening. I do appreciate all of the support. Um, why am I, I don't know why I have such a hard time ending videos. Uh, but yeah, uh, pretty much I'll talk to you all soon. See you.